Welcome to Marvel Cinematic University, the show where we recap and discuss all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies up to Infinity War. I am one of your hosts, Jay Christie. I'm joined by my two great co-hosts, Anthony Canton III. Anthony, how are you doing? Good afternoon, sir. What's up, Jake? Uh, nothing much. And uh, Jerome Chang. Jerome? I'm so proud I got the time right. Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, yes, because this is the, we're recording this on the morning after Daylight Savings Time, and we are joined by a guest, a good friend, a personal friend of mine, uh, Malik Marshall. Malik, how you doing? What's Yo, Malik? what's up? I'm, I'm glad to be here. Now, hey, uh, happy we are here to discuss uh, the first movie of Phase 2 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man 3, and now we Iron have Man the panel, 3. we have, because uh, I'm just going to say this episode very well might end with one of us leaving the computer catching a subway to someone else's home and starting a fight like this this might <laughs> this might get contentious <laughs> i'm safe north of the border so so first i'm gonna ask i'm gonna start let's start with uh let's start with anthony just because i want to hear him because he has a lot of thoughts about this movie anthony <laughs> what are your thoughts about this movie generally well, from a general perspective, here's what I'll say. I went into this movie originally when it came out expecting a lot. You know, you have the Mandarin character, which is a huge part of the Iron Man comic book. And they were also doing the extremist storyline, which is a huge storyline. And one of the best Iron Man stories in the comics. So, you know, I came in with a lot of expectations and... And everything that I saw, and the movie was actually pretty good uh, until we got to the point where we realized that the Mandarin was a joke. <laughs> and that was when I was really, I really got pissed. I was mad. I was like, this is bullshit. I was just like, come on, man. It's like, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. And there'll be a lot to talk about as we go into this movie more in depth. But the most general thing I, I'll say in my disappointment was they had an A-plus storyline that they could have gone with, but then ended up making a C-plus movie. So I'm not saying that the movie is awful, but they had a chance to make a great movie. And they chose to make a eh, kind of campy sort of sort of movie. So there's a lot of disappointment there from my perspective. When you say they had an A-plus storyline, what do you mean? Like... Well, there was another well, one, like well, the potential of it. Yeah, the, good. Thanks, thanks for correcting me on that. Yeah, it's the potential of it because the extremist storyline, as I alluded to, was one of the bigger Iron Man storylines, and it took Tony Stark to a place where he had to actually kill somebody in the comic book because he was forced to go to uh, like a really dark place in order to achieve victory. So well, from that, Jake and I, who. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of Jake. We probably don't really know the extremist storyline. I remember reading about it back in the day when Iron Man 3 was coming up. But could you break it down just a little bit? So essentially, a lot of the the extremists and uh, Aldrich Killian uh, in this movie played by Guy Pierce, a lot of it is similar, except that Aldrich Killian actually dies in the comic book. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Malin kind of takes over and he becomes the kind of like the extremist form 
and Tony Stark is forced to actually take the extremist uh, serum himself, kind of welds himself to the armor, and that's the only way that he could defeat this guy. And it kind of takes it, it, and it takes him to a kind of like a very a very dark place because he didn't want to kill the guy, but he was forced to just like literally uh, blow him up um, in the comic book. So, so from that standpoint, there was, it was very intense. And I think the way that you were they were building up the Mandarin and how he was building up throughout the film with Ben Kingsley and. Kind of the way that he was doing, and I don't mind that they didn't. I don't. I wouldn't have minded if they kind of went away from the whole Mandarin is kind of a mystical ten ring uh, figure. Which they build up since uh, the first Iron Man, because he he's basically captured by a group under the ten rings. Isn't that the case? Yes. Yes. That's what. Uh, yeah. Basically, that's you're right. Exactly. Good point. So it's like your expectation is. The Mandarin is a huge villain, and, yeah, and you, also and, and also the trailers the trailers were huge in portraying the Mandarin as like this really badass like right guy. Yeah, and and to both of your points, and throughout the first hour and change of this movie, a lot mm-hmm. of the the way that they kind of showed the Mandarin kind of looming was really cool. I yeah, like the I cool. I just love how they just showed snippets, and he kind of had these. Uh, these really like uh, interesting philosophical quotes about stuff, and it was just very, it was very foreboding and foreshadowing of kind of like some impending doom. And then you saw Tony Stark really, really angry at one point, and you know wanting to get at him. And then by the time we get to that point, and we find out that the dude is just on drugs and he's just an actor being uh, bought <laughs> off by Aldrich Killian. I said to myself, Oh no, I can't believe they really did that. And I think ultimately when it comes to these, when it comes to these uh, well, movies, yes, I understand there has to be a certain sense of, uh, they want to do the humor and they want to kind of make it campy to a certain extent. I think they also want to ground the movie a little bit. Doesn't the Mandarin storyline kind of take it a little out of the realm of what might fit as reality in the Iron Man-verse, not necessarily the full Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, this is what what I would say, because like I was saying before, I wouldn't have had a problem if they didn't if they went away from the whole mystical aspect of stuff and kind of like kept the Mandarin as like a terrorist type of figure. That would have been fine. But the fact that they turned him and made him a punchline just mm-hmm. irritated the fuck out of me. And like the way that I was just like, ah, oh, come on, man. And I know like the and I was saying they I know they want to go for for comedy and certain aspects and stuff like that. But they really could have made a great movie out of this. And that's like more of my um my my issue overall with the whole uh with the whole movie in general is like they they had a storyline and then made it a C plus movie so yeah that's that's basically it if you want to go from a, a general standpoint but we could get into some of the the really uh good parts of the movie because I, I mean, do think what, there are what are, I was gonna say the, the pro- what I was gonna say go is ahead, that Jim. I um my my reaction to be frank always whenever people complain about something in regards to its comparison to the comics is always not in a mean way but it's always like oh boohoo but um Mm -hmm. my problem with it is (laughs) and this is a problem i have with a lot of movies is i don't even mind so much that the mandarin wasn't real and i think that i think actually to be frank i think the reason they did it is to play with your expectations like you anthony like i think they wanted to make you think that um 
Like, I think they chose such a villain like that because they wanted to surprise you. But anyway, that I just... Sometimes in a movie like this, I just want the main good guy's villain. Why can't he just be a terrorist? Why does he have to... Su Why does every villain in movies like this have to have a personal vendetta against the bad guy? Like, why can't there just be... Mm -hmm. Why can't it just be mm -hmm. a guy who is a terrorist? Like, there are real... Like, there are real freaking terrorists. Like, why can't... Tony Stark just yeah, fight and maybe a and maybe we could have avoided Guy Pierce's nerd at the beginning of the movie because oh, I that, thought that was so over that the is top. by the way, my yeah. first my first <laughs> note for the movie is that. I had my five notes my first note is Guy Pierce doesn't need to used to be ugly like that's so <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. like Guy Pierce can just be a regular looking dude that Tony Stark shut down. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Malik, I want to hear your, some of your general thoughts because you because the reason I brought you on is because when I was first talking to you about uh, this podcast over a delicious pasta dinner, uh, mm. you said that you really liked Iron Man three, that it was your favorite of the three Iron Mans, and I want to hear what made you like it so much when you saw it. Okay, uh, yeah, I was I was thinking um, when uh, when when you finished, I was like, okay, the defense has rested their case. I mean, the prosecution has rested their case, and now the defense <laughs> will uh, begin their opening statements. Because, okay, um, I okay. Here's the thing: upon rewatching it this time, I have to admit I didn't like it as much as the first time that I saw it. Okay. Uh, but I think that the reason why I loved it the first time so much—I mean, I still like it a lot—but I think that it has to do with the fact, and I've listened to you your episode on Thor and on the Avengers, so I'm not sure how you felt about all the movies leading up to this, but I felt like, I don't know, this might be blasphemy to say this on this podcast, but I felt like Iron Man and the Avengers were the only Marvel movies so far that were worth anything. <laughs> I mean, that I enjoyed that like, at all. I, I yeah. didn't think Thor, I didn't think Captain America, and I didn't think Iron Man 2 were done well at all. I liked the characters, but I did, and so... Coming into this movie, I had very low expectations, I think. Um, and that's not an argument for why it's a good movie, I know. But I, I think that that has to do with why I loved it so much. Because I felt like with Phase 2, like with Captain America Winter Soldier as well, they really upped their... their um, well, Thor, Thor the second one doesn't count. But they really upped their... <laughs> like their, their movie making. I felt like they really started to give each of the movies like their own feel. And they didn't just feel like they were just pushing them out to, to get to it... Uh, the next Avengers movie, and that's and that's what I feel like Iron Man three kind of, kind of really brought to the table. And I, I I came in knowing nothing about the Mandarin with no expectations, so mm -hmm. that's very different for us. Um, and I can understand how comic book fans would be annoyed at the Mandarin reveal, but I thought it was okay. Well, C Trevor, the actor, is hilarious. Let's do we do we not agree on that? I think that that guy's so funny and. <laughs> I I think that ben Kingsley is pretty great. When yeah, he I, I, I I think that it's I think that it's really fun because I think that this is I think that it's a bold choice to make the the main villain who they've been hyping up this whole time just be like a like a you know what he is. I think it's an extremely bold choice, but I think it's the kind of bold choices that need to be made when you're something like Marvel popping out four or five superhero movies a year. And I think that all of them end up being relatively cookie cutter unless you're able to, you know, make some decisions like this. I mean, and I I definitely think that factoring in how how um like big and influential he was in the comics 
it might have been a, a crappy thing to do. But I think that as a movie, like in itself, I felt like it was. A, I felt like it was a. It was an interesting choice that I. I. I was. I. I, I was on the ride with. It was interesting to say the least. Well, I was gonna say that, <laughs> and, I, and you bring up a good point that um, this is, in my opinion, the first uh, MCU movie that feels like not fully like, but sort of like a like a genre movie that they just handed over to a writer director because it was directed by uh, Shane Black and co-written by him. And mm-hmm. it's a I haven't seen movie. I haven't seen all of the yes, it's a Christmas <laughs> movie. I haven't seen all the movies he's written because he wrote like a million uh, action movies in like the eighties and nineties. But he's only directed three movies, and I've seen all three of them. They're all great. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys are both. On, if you haven't seen, especially the nice guys, if you haven't seen the nice guys, watch it. Um, but this feels very much like a Shane in, in the scenes where there's not the big action scenes because Shane Black movies tend to not have those. But uh, it feels a lot like a comedy, basically like a comedy crime movie almost in a lot of moments. And I think that yeah. um, I think they definitely. With the, I think it really is that with the pressure of the Avengers looming, no longer being there, that with the Avengers being so successful, and they're like, "Whew, we're we're good. We don't have to worry about this." I think yeah. they were more willing mm-hmm. to hand mm-hmm. over the keys to someone, and because this one definitely, it it feels the it definitely does not feel like it's made by. Uh, it doesn't feel like a camel, as in a horse made by committee. But anyway, just to <laughs> direct the conversation more specifically, we're going to go to uh, my favorite. Wait, I don't get the chair. Oh, sorry, Gerald. You, sorry, you, you, butted in, you butted in a few times, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, I forgot good. that I didn't specifically call on you. Sorry, Jerome. No, no, it's all good. Um, okay, so with regards to Trevor, um, I got to say I appreciate a good troll, and I remember a lot of the lead up into the movie. Uh, the trailers definitely portrayed Ben Kingsley as this terrorizing character. Everyone was really excited about it. I think uh, I never saw the movie, but I think everyone was really excited about him in the role because it seemed like it was a bit of a stretch because of his role in, I think it was Sexy Beast. So they were kind of like looking into this idea, oh, he's going to be a complete badass. And then that turns out, but I kind of found it hilarious uh, more to Malik's point, <laughs> when it got twisted around. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Aldrich Killian. Uh, if we were going yeah, to I agree. deviate from mm-hmm. the comics, I wouldn't mind a version of this where the Aldrich Killian character was just instead a continuation of Justin Hammer, because I would have admit, I would have loved to see uh, Sam Rockwell back in the role. Like, Because yeah. it, it feels like he that type of character could still fit in that role. And again, we... We've talked about it in the Iron Man 2 pod, how much we loved him. Um, outside of that, uh, this might be the best Iron Man movie out of the three. I disagree. For particular reasons. I disagree, well, like, okay. but what's your point? Well, what's like your... in certain ways, in certain ways. Okay, so I think in terms of action, it might be the best action sequences. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. That, yes. that was one. That was what yeah, captivated yeah. me when I first yeah, saw yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The scene, the scenes, I, with the 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 scene with the house collectively like a number yeah. of oh, the my house. oh that's my one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the in the whole MCU them attacking the uh, Tony's compound that's mm-hmm. tremendous yeah um yeah there's a lot of stuff i, I mean i think story wise yeah it's hard to make an argument for that but in 
I think because people got so caught up in how much of a twist everything was, uh, me watching it this time, I realized, okay, there's some real quality stuff in here. And mm-hmm, yeah. things that were actually gripes for me for both Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Because I think the final fights for both of those films were pretty uh, lackluster. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't really care. The first yeah, one. exactly. Exactly. I think that's fair. That's a fair point. That was, my big, that so, was one of my biggest gripes with Iron Man 1. So, uh, yeah, and I felt like this one really... And Iron Man 2, I thought, was worse. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Well, I had much bigger gripes with Iron Man 2, I think. <laughs> oh, we got it. <laughs> yeah, like, final point so we can move on. But, like, if you think about Iron Man, the original Iron Man, for as much as it's praised, it doesn't really stick the landing. I didn't really, I didn't mention in the first one, uh, but when you think about that final fight, it's it's fine. I think you just remember how great everything was before it. Yeah. yeah. But here, at least, like, you get a really amazing action sequence like in terms of the housing and even like with all the iron man suits that was really fun yeah, like that felt yeah. like very iron manny to me like tony stark flexing everything at es- that point especially because um like well one the fact that the villain can literally melt metal and like can regenerate himself is very helpful in terms of making it a, a fair fight but like I mm-hmm. like that he has all the suits, and that's still really not enough. You know what I mean? But anyway. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. My, uh, my personal favorite category, uh, guys, What is who was your favorite non-superhero character? Malik, that just means not Iron Man, basically. Cool. Uh, I'll go with you, Anthony, first. Um, actually, I will go with uh, James Badge Dale as Savin. Uh, who in the comics is known as Cold Blood? I thought it. I thought what was what was interesting to me. I just thought he played an asshole villain, uh, pretty well, just from being muscle for um Altrich Killian, and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, shout out to his uh, Chase Edmonds character in uh, the season three of Twenty Four. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought for me like. Like if you want to look for just the dude before you get to the main the main villain, um, I thought he did a pretty good job overall. And I thought, and like I said, I just thought he played an ass, uh, pretty well. And I enjoyed I enjoyed his performance in this film. Malik, uh, I I I guess I'm gonna have to go with Trevor. I don't think Tre- I don't. That's, this, <laughs> I guess this is kind of a problem in that I think that um. This character, I mean, this movie didn't have too many characters that I liked that much. Because even though I think Trevor was hilarious, I don't want him to be my favorite character in this movie. That's um, fair. But uh, may- maybe Pepper. I like Pepper a lot. I like Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper, and I don't care what anyone mm-hmm. says. I mean, if you listen to the Iron Man 1 pod, we all, she was the unanimous pick for that pod, so don't worry, you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, she might be my pick for this yeah, one. Jerome? Uh, Happy Hogan. Uh, yes, Jerome, yeah. me and you were together on that, baby. I was... Happy Hogan, come on, guys. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, you have to really give John Favreau himself credit for really committing to this performance when you realize he lost this franchise in this film because it's Shane Black who takes over, right? He he oh, doesn't yeah. get to direct it anymore, and yet, and he's kind of relegated to being the punching bag of the film, but he killed. <laughs> yeah. it. And he's he does kill it. Um, <laughs> honorable mention, just because I'm a big fan of the actor, uh, Gary, uh, played by Adam Pally. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that oh, character yeah. Is great. <laughs> that was a good I, scene. That, I mean, for, for scenes that are 
like clearly forced humor um i shamelessly laughed throughout all that. i mean also let me just <laughs> say that that's there. a testament that if you're gonna do a scene that's forced humor get like a comedy actor uh oh yeah um, but yeah, Wait, I'm me... sorry. Which which scene are we talking the, about? Gary's Who's the guy in the news van. When Tony gets it to the TV truck. truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, super fan. Yes, Gary. Oh, Gary. yeah. yeah. That was, Tony needs Gary. <laughs> uh, right. But uh, I was gonna say that um, with Happy, I I just, I love like um, how even though he's in a coma for a lot of the movie, like his he scenes have a lot of humor, but also I think also it just. I like that they give him, because it's the it's kind of unspoken in the first two. But I like how the relationship between him and Tony is become spoken and like clearly he, Tony cares about him. Um, and I think that I honestly feel like John Favreau because I I mean I by, I'm, I was gonna say I feel like this even though I did read it in the IMDb trivia section that John Favreau said that he felt more relaxed playing Happy. Because he didn't have mm-hmm. to direct it, and also I don't, I don't think he got it. I mean, he maybe he was just lying, but I believe he said that he wanted to focus on other projects, which is why he didn't take Iron Man three. I think he was offered it, um, mm-hmm. but uh, and to be frank, I don't know why he wouldn't be offered it because <laughs> the first two made so much money. But uh, yeah, and, it, but also just, if you could go back to the line yeah. <laughs> he says in there, which could almost. Like, there are parts you can pull out of there, maybe for real life. It's... Let me tell you something. You know what happened when I told people I was Iron Man's bodyguard? They would laugh in my face. Oh, my God. That was so <laughs> funny. Yes. No, I got a real job. It... I'm that it took me a second, too. After he said it, I was like, wait, what? And then after I got it, I was like, yo, that is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, I, I just love the, the – he just – he gets for – so, for a character who basically in the first two, besides the fight sequence – where he like beats up just one person in Iron Man Two. Oh um, yeah, that was good. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. He's really given no personality. He's just the guy who drives the car and kind of. It's really mm-hmm. in the first one, especially. It's basically just like a director cameo. But the mm-hmm. the way that he talks, like in the scene where he's talking to Tony about like being worried about Pepper, like there's just a personality that like you get that he so clearly cares about these two characters, and then you mm-hmm. see Tony care about him. I think it's just I think that's actually just really really good character stuff in it, and like yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say I think that that um, you know to set to set up him the guy. Uh, in the in in the early scene, you know, that leads to the explosion, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of in a lot of movies. It's like, oh yeah, you just happen to follow that guy. But I think that uh, he does a really good job of like setting up before that moment throughout the film that he's like really trying super hard at this security job, right. you know. And yeah. He's and and he he kind of uh, he he makes me believe that he would actually go follow this kind of suspicious looking guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that you don't want to question it. And I think that yeah. That's just indicative of why I love him in this movie. There's a bit of an Agent Coulson feel to him where you didn't yeah. really care at first in right. the earlier stuff. And then suddenly yeah. he becomes a really likable, regular guy in the universe. Yeah, yeah that's totally. a good point. Um, yeah. So moving on, guys, uh, let's ask the question that always needs to be asked. On a scale of 1 to 10, how intrusive was Stanley's cameo? Uh, I'm just gonna first say <laughs> that I when I was I watched it rewatched it last night, and I swear to God I was reading the IMDb trivia section afterwards saw when the Stanley cameo was and I'm like was I looking at my phone I I missed that so I'm gonna have to say a <laughs> one. 
Uh, so guys, what's your takes on it, Malik? Wait, yeah, what did he? What did he, I don't remember? It's been a so few that's days. a one for you, Jerome. He, he was a <laughs> he's a judge in that beauty competition, right? He was holding up oh. a ten. Yeah, no, it must have been one for for me because yeah, I don't it was really one for me too because it wasn't it wasn't central to the plot in any type of way. So I want to he, know. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead, Anthony. No, no, no. I was just saying it wasn't really central to the plot in any type of way. So I would say a one. Um, I want to note in our ongoing arc in this pod of really breaking down Stanley cameos, this fits because you can see a person that looks like Stanley do that sort of thing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. so it's it's well done that way. Yes, a right. uh, creepy no, old man judging uh, old teenage man. girls. <laughs> absolutely. In a small town. Yes. Really, really playing true to life, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's not slander the man. Come I on. mean, <laughs> I, once again, as I said on the Black Panther pod when I made a similar joke, just you, you all have Google. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, more for a more concrete discussion, guys, what is your favorite line in this movie, uh, Anthony. Ooh. I mean, Malik. I assume you don't have it off the top of your head, so I'm going to go to uh, Anthony first. Sure. Okay. Wow. So I just I just copy and pasted a whole bunch of stuff. So I'll just go to uh, go to uh, the end when Tony Stark narrates. My armor. It was never a distraction or a hobby. It was a cocoon. And now. I'm a changed man. You can take away my house, all my tricks and toys. One thing you can't take away, I am Iron Man. So, I guess the I guess the thing that I would say about that is I I do respect the attempted to do in terms of Tony's story that they wanted to attack the fact that he really took a nuke into space and saw a whole bunch of aliens in Avengers and all that type of stuff was giving him panic attacks and anxiety and he had been dealing with a whole bunch of different types of issues throughout the film so I kind of appreciate the touch that they tried to they tried to add to that and i think that line at the end as he as he narrates and he gets the the shard of shrapnel out of his heart towards the end of the movie as well so he kind of closes closes the book on i i guess maybe some of his doubts uh and it's amazing as somebody as cocky as tony is that he does have doubts but he went through some he went through a loss. He took a loss earlier in the film when the compound was attacked, and he had to, and he had to fight bas- essentially on his own for a while without the suit. So, to bring it full circle, I thought that that line uh, was was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. And I, yeah, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that ide- idea in one of the one of the few times that I felt towards the end of the movie that I felt satisfied with what I was watching. I, I I agree completely about the line. I just wish it wasn't at the end because I don't know how I feel about them ending it with "I am Iron Man again," just because that's a little. I have did a you little find it? Re- you of... found it repetitive? I did. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't know. Is is there a reason for it? Is it just I, like, guys, oh, we're I, gonna do this again? I actually have a piece of IMDb trivia, which uh, once again, just from the IMDb trivia section, apparently the original line was supposed to be "I am Tony Stark," which I think would be much better. 
Um, oh yeah, that would have been way better. Uh, well, yeah, because he trashed his suits. Yeah, I'm um, not a hundred percent sure end. why they changed it, but yeah, that's a good point. That, that would have been be... a much better line. Yeah. Um, um. Now, now, Anthony, was that your one line? Because I know you always like to have like seventeen. Oh well, I'll give you. I'll give you my honor. I'll give you my honor. exchange, and it was pretty. It was a. Uh, it was it was pretty funny uh, when uh, Harley Keener, who uh, what you call it, uh, shout out to his character in the film. After um, he helped save Tony at the end, uh, Tony's walking to the car and he's and he's about to drive away. Harley Keener goes. You're welcome. For what did I miss something? Me saving your life. Yeah, A saved you first. B, thanks, sort of. And see, if you do someone a solid, don't be a yutz, right? Just play it cool. Otherwise, you come off grandiose. So, <laughs> so I mean, overall, I thought that I thought that was pretty that that was pretty funny. Uh, the funny exchange between the two of them, um, and yeah, I thought the the, the kid was a, the kid in the movie was it was actually a nice little plot device as somebody, um, some just someone just completely normal. This kid helping Tony Stark kind of solve not only the mystery but but uh, helping him get his uh, suit up and running again. Uh, yeah, and I, I love how I, I love how that line is so indicative of how Tony's kind of like a little kid. You know, he can't he can't get away with the kid just being happy. You know, he can't let the kid take the win on that one. He's like, no, I saved you first. <laughs> uh, Jerome, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so a couple points about Anthony's line, uh, and I guess just to the uh, adding to why I think Iron Man three deserves a little credit. Um, Big man in a suit of armor, take that off, what are you, from Avengers? Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie was trying to answer that question. And I think it did a decent job of doing it, which Mm -hmm. is uh, for creating that larger arc. I think for the character of Tony in this and how he deals with his post-traumatic stress disorder and how he deals with um, finding himself away from the suit because he's so obsessed with it at the beginning of the film, I think they do a decent job of it. Uh, also for the kid, I remember, um, watching the movie and knowing that this character wasn't a part of the cinematic universe because, uh, Marvel didn't have the rights. I was really wishing this was Peter Parker <laughs> at the time. I just remember. Oh, that. wow. That would have been awesome. Like just, just the idea of that just, and then funny enough, we'll get to it later on. Like you find that dynamic really later on. Um, as for my line, uh, War Machine rocks with an X, all caps. Uh, that was my favorite line. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think we, we didn't uh, touch upon it, but I think this movie also does a really good job of expanding the War Machine character, uh, uh, Colonel Rhodes. Um, again, furthering why Don Cheadle was so good in the role. Uh, I think he does a good job um, of uh, being Tony's best friend in this, too. I yeah. think... Uh, also a very necessary thing because of how the Avengers loom over this. You just wonder why didn't the Avengers just come and knock this out in an hour? <laughs> just like come through and take over. But then they had that scene where they talk about it. And then uh, it's uh, Rhodes who indicates, you know, this is an America thing. This is an, a world Avengers thing. Although it did kind of feel, they made it feel like it. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the so, president's been kidnapped and Captain America's <laughs> still at home. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, like, especially the whole point where, uh, I mean, Tony is presumed dead. <laughs> How right, is right. no one coming around to be like, hey, what's up with, not even, okay, let's not even get Captain America. Like, let's get 
Black Widow, Hawkeye. Like this would actually be a good opportunity to see maybe their value because yeah. mm-hmm. they're they're not really you know the superheroes, but they could fit in this um, particular world. Right. Uh, Malik, what is your favorite line in this movie? Okay, my favorite line has got to be, oh my gosh, this line, when I saw it in the theaters, I talked about it for days later. It, like, I don't know, it, like, changed my life. When the guy, (laughs) when Tony Stark aims the guy down and he goes, honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. (laughs) (laughs) That killed me. I just, oh my gosh, that was that. that was one honestly, of my though, that lines. is that like put- that's such a Shane Black line too, which is why I love it. I know, like it's yeah. so, and it's because it it just it also because it, it really kind of just grounds because it what it did for me, and I imagine this why you talked about it for days is it's like mm-hmm. you never think about the fact that whenever so whenever there's like a bizarre like sci-fi plot going on in a movie and there's henchmen, they're they gotta be like, what the hell is going on? Because they're not invested in this. They're just dudes with guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just trying to get money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what makes it so funny is that it's not only like, it's not only like I give up, but also the fact that he says they are so weird. Like, (laughs) which they are. They are. When you watch it, they, like, their leader breathes fire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's kind of a dragon. I don't know. Um... (laughs) Yeah. Well, which he does once and then never uses again for some reason. Uh, my yeah. favorite line, I'm going to give an honorable mention first. Because uh, I want, cause I do want to briefly talk about Maya Hansen, who I enjoyed as a character. Uh, Rebecca Hall mm-hmm. is a very good actress. Um, that I love the immediate... That I kind of was upset when she turned out to be a bad guy because I love the chemistry of the line of when Tony says... Please don't tell me there's a 12-year-old kid waiting in the car that I've never met. And the how instantly she says... <laughs> He's 13. No, I need your help. Like, oh, that, yeah. that made me laugh. <laughs> like, it's that's like, some lines, it's like, that's not... Like, I... You know when you sometimes hear a line and you're like, oh, thank God that was delivered well, because I could hear the bad yeah. version of that, and it's not funny? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But my favorite line, just because I love the delivery of it, too, because this is a joke that you see coming... Like, it is so obvious, but it the two times I've seen this movie, it's made me laugh because of Paul Bettany's delivery. When he's talking about his, like, the his words were not working correctly, and he says, It's totally fine, sir. I seem to do quite well for a stretch, and then at the end of the sentence, I say the wrong cranberry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was my, one of my other lines, so I'm so and, glad and there's, and there's a couple reasons I forgot why. to say it. One, because he's British and he says cranberry, which is, makes anything great. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also because, like... By the time he says your end of the sentence, you're like, okay, the joke is going to be he says wrong and it's going to be a word that's different than word, right? Like that, right. you know, that's your, but still, for some, I don't know what it is, but the choice of cranberry is just, oh, I, beautiful. you could not see it coming. Like, my first thing <laughs> is going to be like sandwich, because like that's usually, like I see that a lot of stuff, I think I've, like two different things I've seen make that joke, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, and it, I I love it, and then and then the way that it pays back off bre- later, where uh, Jarvis says that they're broadcasting from Miami, where Tony's like, okay, his thing's still messed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, so now I'm gonna move on to a section where uh, basically just things bat like goofs, specific goofs, not like uh, over because we got the overarching plot goofs at the beginning, um, but. Uh, Something I just want to point out a quick thing that's such a small goof, but I had the thought to look it up and I was right, so I'm proud of myself. So, 
when he goes to the newsman to uh, get onto War Machine's uh, like database or whatever, the newsman yep. is for uh, I believe Channel Five in Chattanooga. Uh, but I looked up Rock Hill, Tennessee, where he was. I believe it was Rock Hill, Tennessee. Uh, that that is the third closest TV market to where he would be. He would make much more sense for him to drive to <laughs> Knoxville, which is less than an hour away, or even Charlotte, which is closer than Chattanooga. So why is he in Chattanooga? Chattanooga is on actually literally the opposite side of the state. Think I wouldn't notice. Come to Marvel Cinematic University for this hard hitting research. Um, and yeah, this yeah. is beautiful. Also, oh, yeah. you also, heard it here first. <laughs> also, a thing that I thought was really silly is like. I'm not saying he's a world famous actor, but you mean tell me not a single person was like, wait, Yo, isn't that totally. the guy I saw playing playing King Lear in uh I forget where it was um but like you know what I mean like that's fair yeah, yeah. I agree completely because yeah. he's a yeah. world famous actor just one per- all, only one person like yeah. just to ask um but yeah um also well, I'm just gonna clear out my last two notes because one of them's kind of goofy and one of them's not. Uh, I really do think Guy Pierce should have used his accent, his his uh, Australian accent. It, I thought that would have made his character cooler. Um, and How did you feel about his American accent? It's fine. It's just his character <laughs> already didn't have that much of an interesting personality. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but also, just want to point out one last time: uh, the Bechdel. This is the first uh, MCU movie where the Bechdel test is passed. The floor is yours. Oh, oh, really? Yes. I mean, I I am I 100 sure about the it being the first. I'm just going to go on a limb and say yes, but I was watching the scene between Maya and Pepper very closely, and while they are first mm-hmm. talking about Warner Von Braun, which I don't know if that technically means they're not passing the Bechdel test, because I think if you're talking about a man in history, I don't think that that's the same thing as like talking about a male character, but then eventually right, they right. do talk about like egos getting in the way of what you want to do, and then like, you know, the actual like science of the stuff, and therefore that passes the Bechdel test. You know, I was paying attention. all right so i'll go with a couple of quick goofs uh one of them and and actually this kind of happens throughout the film everybody who has extremist powers um isn't that type of power supposed to be able to melt any type of thing and yet everybody's clothes stay on throughout the yeah definitely especially pepper at the end i mean it melts oh my god it melts i mean it goes melts through iron man suits and everything else (laughs) and yet every yet everybody's shirts and pants stay uh on and you don't even see no rippage or 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 any melting or any type of sort so that's another gets extra large guys so (laughs) <laughs> so and then um just an, a, another one to be quick um when tony and uh Rhodey are talking to the mandarin before getting into the speedboat the injuries to tony's left eye are shown on his right eye instead so oh, which is it's like oh okay so, okay. so, so I, I genuinely so i genuinely don't know because i mean i in like many movies i made in high school i made mistakes like that but I genuinely don't understand how on a three hundred million dollar budget movie you do something like that. <laughs> like yeah. I, I actually don't know how that happens. But anyway, uh, Malik and Jerome, you got anything that you noticed? Yeah, uh, go for it, Malik. Uh, oh, cool. I got, I got two things. One of them is a big plot thing that I didn't mention earlier, and I think this is one of my biggest problems with this movie in general that I think like really, really needs to be addressed, and that's the fact that he didn't call the Iron Man suits any time throughout the movie. It kind of, like, diminishes the whole, like, because the whole thing is him trying to get his suit back so that yeah. he can, like, return. Mm-hmm. And he's got, like, 30 suits. 
That's yeah. a very good. Well, no, I mean, it, it, correct <laughs> like, me if I'm wrong, but until it's booted back up, can he can he call the suit while the Jarvis is down? Well, they also have to clear all the wreckage, right? If that I, at all I, answers that. That is true. They do have. I saw. There's. They. They do have the one scene where the rubble, like where the rubble gets out of the way of like that big door. But like that, I feel like he didn't know that that was. Yeah. That that. I like. How did he know that that was just the rubble was just gone all of a sudden? I don't know. I guess I agree. No, you you're right. are right in the sense that maybe he couldn't he couldn't have called them without Jarvis. I guess. Well, he well, definitely, makes he me, definitely couldn't have called me, them when uh, he didn't have the suit on. Yeah. It makes right. me wo- it makes me wonder if. Like earlier in the movie, when the suit is about to attack Pepper, um, in the in the bedroom, it makes me wonder if what they were trying to say earlier, but maybe they did it subtly, that he kind of had control of the suits with his mind in a sense. Which mm-hmm. I, well, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, the, uh, otherwise, the, yeah, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, I, I mean. And you, I guess you could use the rubble argument for this one, but if, if 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 Jarvis is a problem, then why didn't he use the suits when his house was getting attacked? Yeah, that's um, true. But th- but right. but then another thing about the suits is it kind of defeats the whole. I, I loved the end of the movie. I loved him destroying the Iron Man suits. I thought it was so symbolic. But it kind <laughs> of defeats the whole purpose when in every other Marvel movie after this, he's got a bunch of suits again. I yeah. was <laughs> going to get to that that same exact point. I'm glad you pointed it out because yeah. that's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. It, de- it defeats the whole like the whole like meaning of the moment, which I thought was a really powerful moment. Yeah, um, um, clean and slate just made other suits. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. I mean, it literally means okay. So now I've spent all I've wasted all this time working on these suits, and I'm going to destroy them. So now I can waste a lot more time building a lot more suits because yeah. I'm going to need them anyway. Like, okay. anyways, yeah. I don't know. But then the, the, I think this is this is the one that I noticed just now when rewatching it. Um, and that's that he tells, okay, I'm not trying to say the Iron Man suits are racist, but he tells Rhodes that Rhodes can't get in the suit because it's not coded to him, but then he puts <laughs> Killian in the suit. <laughs> are they coded that's to Killian? Well, he, he like, controls them to surround Killian? Yeah, that's not fair. Uh, that's really not fair. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a, I mean, yeah, I don't that's know. a good point. I mean, that's a really good point. I don't remember if Killian had autonomy in the suit, though. Maybe he maybe he meant that you can put the suit on and then just... Well, like, no, he definitely doesn't you, because he uses... No, Because no. Tony is still controlling the suit. Because he... Remember right, yeah. So maybe that's yeah. what he meant. That's true. Yeah. But I just thought uh, that was funny. Okay. Um, first point. Uh, early on when Tony is talking with Happy, there's no way that Stark Industries, the top technology company in the world, is using Skype for their communication. I just that's just that's I mean true. irony being that we're using Skype for this podcast but um there's no way that's the case uh there's no way that image is that clear yeah. uh next what else do I have here okay so when he when Harley finds him for the first time in the shed uh Harley basically acts like he doesn't recognize him which is crazy mm-hmm. and they have this whole conversation like Almost to the point, like, not specifically saying, but, like, who are you and everything. But then Harley's holding a newspaper article with his face on it. So, <laughs> and slaps it against him, like, it says you're dead. And I'm just like, wait, do yeah, you know who yeah, this yeah. is? Yeah, like, some of the people around man. town should have noticed him, too. Like. Yeah, yeah. So, that, that definitely... Um, that definitely was weird. And then, uh, actually, to Malik's point about uh, why didn't he call the suits... 
uh, again, really nice for the story. I'm not sure how extremist necessarily played into it. And, it, and upon watching again, it doesn't seem like it did. Anthony, you can correct me. Why didn't he remove his shrapnel way early on, like in uh, the original Iron Man? Because well, it just seemed a... like regular surgery. Yeah, yeah, what, which, yeah is what is fu- which is funny when you think about it because they obviously just add, they just added the arc reactor at the time, and then in <laughs> Iron Man two, it moved on to the arc reactor being to him. So right. at the very end of obviously Iron Man three, um, it does it does raise questions as to why this wasn't changed or um, or, or this couldn't have been done earlier. I feel that I believe. That and and the reason I have a problem with it is not because I I think I, I think if they brought it back up it'd be fine but I believe Jensen <laughs> in the cave shout out to his reappearance in this movie too but anyway yes points out that it's like nearly impossible to operate on so I wish that they were to say Based like in a cave right or what right they could have explained I mean it all, yeah I mean mm-hmm. I, even even if it isn't just in a cave like if in Tony Stark's right. monologue he meant like offhandedly mentioned that like. Because I'm willing to believe that, like, it's a super dangerous surgery that has a high chance of mortality. Because, I mean, right. having removing shrapnel from someone's heart probably does have a high chance of mortality. Right, yeah, yeah. But, like, the That's fact fair. that they just treat it like he just didn't do it for no reason, like, oh, yeah, that was kind of silly. Also, I forgot to point out another thing that I noticed in it, that um, when they're at the either the Applebee's or an Applebee's facsimile, I don't know if it actually is an Applebee's, uh... <laughs> Rhodes points out that there have been, I think, cranberries. We can call it cranberries. Yeah, there have been like nine attacks on U.S. soil um, from the Mandarin. Mm -hmm. But then when uh, Tony has the map of all all the heat signatures that Jarvis showing him with like the times there's been a certain heat signature over like a certain uh, number of degrees, I forget exactly how much. And Tony says, "Remove Mandarin attacks." Like thirty things go away. Which I think that was just an oversight, but uh, oh yeah. Um, but now, guys, fi- our closing, actually, no, our second to last segment, uh, Malik. I'm gonna start with you, Malik. What is your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, see, this is where I think this movie shines. I think this movie has so many good scenes, and and it captivated <laughs> me when I first saw it. And I, my favorite, I'm gonna give a few here. I'm sorry, but my favorite one. Oh, I guess I'll go. I'll go. I'll go in opposite order. But I, I really liked the. The attacking his house scene. I thought that was really, really so cool. That's uh, my scene too. <laughs> yeah, oh well, sorry, I'm taking. No, it's all good. You. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I love him putting Pepper into the suit like that, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that it's stupid that he gives away his home address when he knows Pepper's there. I mean, like, how <laughs> cocky can you get? This is like early Iron Man one Tony here. Like, come yeah, on, dude. Right. But um, then I also. I love the the suits coming up at the end, but then the, my favorite favorite scene has to be the skydiving. Oh my gosh, that is oh. just I, that I, cool. I don't know why I thought that was just so. It was just so good. It's kind of like when you see Spider Man helping the old lady in uh, the mm-hmm. new Spider Man movie. I uh, know we're not there yet, sorry, but um, I, it's just like that kind of feeling of like this is what superheroes like are really like. You know, you can fight all the bad guys, all the big baddies, and the terrorists all day, but in the end, like just out here just saving these people and yeah. making them you know like just his supportive language as he catches each of them and the little red monkey game like i'm here for it and then at the end when they make it and they all cheer it's cheesy but i was here for it that's pretty dope uh, um yeah yeah i'm so i'm similar to malik uh the 
when the first Wait, explosion hits that, and everybody's... You, your mic cut out for like five seconds. Oh, it cut out? After uh, you said so... Malik. Oh, okay. So the the freeze frame shot after the explosion uh, where everybody's like being blown away and Tony like in the midst of that is using it, uses the suit and, and mm-hmm. all the stuff to uh, get mm-hmm. uh, Pepper in it. I thought that was really dope. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah all, all, all of that all of that stuff was great and it was just uh, to me i think it's best scenes in the mcu because just shot for shot mm-hmm. it was just pretty amazing so yeah for for, for just as a continuation that's my favorite scene yeah it's like a, it's one of those scenes where it's like some movies you're like where the hell did that budget go in this movie, you're like, I know exactly <laughs> where like three hundred million dollars yeah, well spent. Uh, Jerome, um, to not extend the time on this podcast, same scene as Malik and Anthony for all the exact same reasons. Um, yeah, Are I you, like. You mean the skydiving one? No, no, no. The uh, the compound attack. Oh, the, yeah, um, okay, you got it. I like yeah. the final fight a lot, but probably my I, one I liked a lot just because I think so much of this movie is about Tony Stark being Tony Stark without Iron Man. I like how even without the Iron Man suit, his ingenuity to uh, get rid of yes, the two, ba- the the two other type. baddies that was uh, cool. with really the, like um, in Tennessee, um, particularly the way like he did the thing with the microwave with uh, I forget mm-hmm. the name of the the female uh, henchwoman, um, but and then like yeah the way that Harley helps him out. It, I think it's just a uh, it's it's really fun to see. it's anytime because that's really why I think this movie does well is mm-hmm. it feels like in every uh, superhero story where there's more than one movie inevitably one of the movies is going to be about what they do when they don't have their gadgets or their powers Spider Man two obviously mm-hmm. did this the best but uh, yeah I think that this movie is very good it, it definitely it, it fills that hole in like the in the arc of a superhero what is a superhero without his powers well that's why i think it would be the movie would have been better if it ended with i am tony stark but that's not here or there anyway just to wrap it up um mm-hmm. so uh i'm not gonna ask malik to do it just because he hasn't been here for all of them but i just want to malik g- generally where does this rank in your favorite mcu movies because we do a whole rank of all the movies we've done so far but obviously you haven't been here for mm-hmm. all of them so i'm not gonna be weird to make you do uh well um i mean out of the one you you want me to rank it out of the ones that have come out up to this point though or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. If, if yeah if you're down to do that yeah yeah i could totally i th- i think when i first saw it it was my number one favorite now it's still below avengers but i so i think it's probably number two I, I I think that I yeah I think I guess it would go number two above Iron Man one a little bit above Iron Man. Okay, so you would be because today we're releasing our Black Panther episode, so it'd be number three. I only can assume that you're not crazy. Oh. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm no yeah no. I, I thought you meant up to this. No point, no no no. I was Iron joking. Man three. I because I I mean you don't know that we did a Black Panther episode so. Uh, no, I I did. Not. Wait no, but I wait so but Black Panther wouldn't count though, right? I thought you. No, I mean, I know that's why I asked you to do it up until the time you wouldn't know. Uh, this is right. great show oh, production right now. I, I, show so, meetings, so I love sorry. it. I was, I was trying to be helpful, so but it ended up blowing up in my face. Uh, but uh, Anthony, um, what? Uh, where does this go um, in your order? Actually, just re- okay, go down so, your order. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go down. Panther 1, Avengers 2, Iron Man, then Thor, then Captain America, the first Avenger, then Iron Man 3, and then wow. Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk. Yeah, man. Nah, man. You like 
<laughs> I understand. I think Malik, you did a great job of kind of explaining the whole that we have to kind of temper our expectations from being a comic book uh, fan. Uh, and I thought that was a great point. So I got to give you credit for that because you kind of made me uh, think about it a little bit differently. But overall, there are just there's just too many issues with this movie. And like I said, it's it's more of my disappointment in the film for not being better than what it could have totally. been. So totally. that's what that's why my rankings are what they are. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, one quick uh, fleeting thought from Iron Man three. Uh, Iron Man three also has the best Marvel title open because it opens to blue. Oh <laughs> yes, I was yeah. gonna talk about that. Too. It was. Oh my God, uh, yeah. It's. I love that. When it came in, I was so excited for the film because I, I was just, here for it. Yeah, totally. It just came in with all the swagger. Like, it was, yeah, amazing. Anyway, yeah. Um, basically, uh, I, I just can't think of the exact ones, but I would put it just after Iron Man, maybe ahead of Iron Man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, because to Anthony's point about talking about it as a comic book fan, we're ranking them as Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So almost in the sense of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. does that count as our canon? Like, is that what we're looking at? Like, this is our story, not counting anything that happens in the comics. And if oh, that's I'm, the case, I'm ranking it as both, though. That's well, just no, right. me also, personally. It's personal preference, I, yeah. guys. This is, yeah, it's yeah. personal preference, for sure. But, like, if I were to look at it in that case, we're, we're a Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe pod right now, and... That goes that way. I. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm I'm between Iron Man three and Iron Man, but I'm sure I'll flip flop back and forth. Um, but that's basically where it sits. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm similar. Uh, my number one, Black Panther. Number two, uh, Avengers. Number three for me is the original Iron Man. But then number four, Iron yeah. Man three, Captain America: The First Avenger, Thor, Iron Man two, Incredible Hulk. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, those are our rankings. Guys, any final thoughts? I know, I believe Jerome has to go at two, so, uh, any final thoughts? Oh, I, I, I still got time. I got some extra time now, so. Okay, uh, <laughs> I have no more thoughts, but if you guys have anything fleeting. Go you... ahead, Jerome, if you have anything. Um, in the house, uh, party protocol, the final fight, uh, super pumped when I saw Igor, the Igor Iron Man suit, because yeah. it had all the shades of Hulkbuster, mm-hmm. and, uh, like that going through. Uh, what else did I have? I have like a couple of random notes hanging around I here. Some notes too. Let me see if I can remember. Um, I think that covers it. Yeah, I really wanted to make sure I mentioned that blue open though. That was killer. Oh yeah. Oh oh oh. I I wanted to mention. There's this part in the first scene where um, uh, Tony is with uh, you know the girl who turns to extremists I can't remember her name Maya and they're Brent. kind of sitting I, I in the bed up, I think yeah or, Maya yeah yeah they're kind of sitting in the oh, bed her. and it's it's before the explosion happens but Happy but it's like when they Happy thinks he's about to leave the room and um, he is a closing the door to give them privacy and he gives Tony Stark this weird look and nod and I just was I was just like <laughs> what was that? Like, like it's a perfect for great sex though, tonight sir it. like it was yeah. just like... um, I also love a quick detail I love is I love just because obviously they start with blue to demonstrate that it's 1999 and they also give mm-hmm. Happy a bolo tie so uh, oh, yeah. just in case there's any mistake actually you reminded me about that scene uh, one thing that I think was nice to see about that flashback is that 
there is like a little bit of Bruce Wayne in Tony Stark in that yes, mm-hmm. he he definitely more fully embraces the party lifestyle. But what really attracts him to Maya is her genius. Like what right. you find, like when it looks like he's about to head up for some huge party, he's really just sitting in front of a screen with her and just uh, enamored with everything she's showing. And then also with a hangover has the answer to all of her problems, which is so cool. Right. And so so for me, like final thought, I kind of wanted to add this because this was a part of the exchange. But I know, I remember Jake telling me and Thor to kind of like break it up in terms of the time of exchange. This is kind of a continuation of Tony and Harley towards the end. So after the initial line I said earlier, um, what you call it? He goes, uh, what, uh, what, uh, Harley Keener goes. Unlike you, admit it, you need me. We're connected. What I need is for you to go home, be with your mom, keep your trap shut, guard the suit, and stay connected to the telephone, because if I call, you better pick up. Okay? Can you feel that? We're done here. Move out of the way, or I'm going to run you over. If I could... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I do have one thought, just in the whole Trevor-verse. Uh, there's, I remember there being theories before, and there, I felt like there is a chance from watching this that there's more to him than meets the eye like because when he gets interrogated by uh war machine and iron man uh he at first completes uh, like looks like this like very dumb drunk person but then also has a lot of information for him and i don't know if some like dumb actor would have all that information as to what's going on in the organization that maybe he's in deeper than they let on um that was just one thought yeah uh, it. it was de- yeah that yeah definitely uh and, but I do one thing I do love about the scene. And then I'm gonna wrap up. Is I love that uh, when the henchman comes in, is like, "Okay, Trevor, what'd you tell him?" I didn't tell him anything. Nothing. No. Like I thought that that's just uh, like yeah. I was genuinely <laughs> surprised by uh, everything you ever see Ben Kingsley, and he's so super serious. Like <laughs> I think I think the last movie I saw with him before I saw it the first time was because for one of my classes, I had to watch the, uh, House of Sand and Fog, and then, like, two months later, I watched Iron Man 3. And anyone who's ever seen the former <laughs> movie can tell you that it's one of the heaviest, most serious movies ever made. And then Ben Kingsley being very good at comedy, I was surprised by it. But anyway, uh, this Wait, is... I, I, no, I, I, sorry, sorry. I, I, had, I know that we're, no, we're we, pushing we, we, I, I have two, I, two more small thoughts here. Okay, go. One is that we're, we're talking about uh, Ben Kingsley. I thought the Mandarin's voice as the Mandarin, even though he ended up being fake, was so awesome. Yes. Oh, that's so, why I'm so, so disappointed. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think you're totally right in that that it, it even though I liked it how it was, I would have loved to see... the perfect guy and they misused mm-hmm. him. That's what I would say. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but then the other thing, my other thought was right after this movie was over, another reason why I was hyped was I was like, oh, like Pepper's an Avenger now, pretty much. But they never, <laughs> they never do that. And I guess maybe it's because Pepper, I mean, Pepper's barely been in any movies because she's been, she was like absent during Civil War. Because Grant was too busy doing she, goop. Okay, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I knew it had something with yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. So, may, I mean, so, I mean, I think Spider-Man was like her first time back if, uh, yes, uh, I might yeah. be wrong about that, but so, so maybe right. in in maybe now that she'll probably be back in Infinity War, if she is, maybe we'll see her do something. But I I was really excited. But I think extremists is removed from her by the end of this film because she yes. wants oh, is it? her. Yeah. yeah, that's yes. that's the point. Yes. The point is that um, she has it, but then she doesn't want it. So 
It's taken. Oh, out I didn't time. realize that they I were able so. to remove it. Okay, well then yeah. you can cut that out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, anyway, Malik, where can people find you on them internets? Uh, you can find me at Malik J Marshall on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all that I want you to find. Hey, oh. <laughs> uh, Jerome, where can we find you? You can find me at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter. Wait, how do you? Where is it? Black what? Black Dragon Roll, like uh, you know, like the sushi roll, just oh, always nice. one word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what, what, Jerome? Where do you get your Twitter name from again? Black Dragon Roll. Where is that? Uh... Oh, okay. So um, I I know the answer. I just want to hear you say it. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, so first, um, huge fan of the sushi roll. It's one of my favorites. Uh, second, um, my Chinese name actually means dragon, so there's a dragon connection. And finally, uh, anytime I've ever introduced myself as Jerome to people where they haven't met me yet, they think I'm a black guy. So, and so that's the full black dragon roll experience. Nice. Uh, and then, Anthony, uh, where, where can people find you? As usual, AC Spotlight 95, uh, Selfish the Poetry Book on Amazon.com. Go check it out. Rate a review. And obviously check out this podcast. Or to everybody here in the Black Panther episode. It was a, it was a really good one. And just as long as this one. This one was pretty <laughs> good too. No, this one's Thanks actually for coming longer. on the show, Malik. Uh, so I'll yeah. yeah, thank you, Malik, so much. Uh, but this one's longer, just got over the hour mark, so I'll say you can find me at the J Christie on Twitter. Listen to my other podcast, Sorted History. It's very, very good. Uh, and also, yeah, so also listen to Black Panther Pod if you haven't yet, because guys, I'll let you know live on the pod that as we were doing wrap ups, I just uploaded it on SoundCloud, so it will be, uh, yeah, it will be nice. available to share in about an hour because it needs to catalog. Oh, I but, see. We don't uh, have beautiful. your full attention. I'm glad we're all friends after this. I thought it was going to be a lot yeah. more cutthroat. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, I, you I was, know, I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't have to I, bring I, up. I, I didn't. I'm like. I was going to be like, I, I almost warned Anthony, like, Anthony, just letting you know, Malik does live in Brooklyn, too, so he yeah. can just hop on. <laughs> hop on train. Yeah, no, we're, hey, we're not too right. far. No, you I, know, I, I, I'm actually kind of sad about it. I, I wish we got into some more debate, but that's okay. We yeah. can. It's we'll bring right. you back, man. Malik yeah. will return. All right. Oh, yay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like the end of the Marvel movies. In yes. for, in for, never mind. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I'll see <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. All right. Peace. Later. Bye. Good stuff, guys. <laughs>